Welcome to Whiskey and Whiskers Podcast, Episode 3 version. Shut uh, up. Yep. We're your host, Chris. Gator. And Blake. And guys, this week's episode is brought to you by our Patreon. We'll talk more about that later. Also, this week's episode is brought to you by Audible. Uh, today's podcast brought to you by uh, get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial membership at audibletrial.com slash whiskey and whiskers over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player we'll talk more about them later also let's get into it what do you want to talk about do we want to open with the mcgregor i feel like we have to i think we have to open the bottle the breaking news for mcgregor yeah um mcgregor's broken he sucks i've always known it i've always said it and uh and yeah he sucks did uh were you one of the people that voted or that bet on McGregor this weekend? No, I bet on Poirier. You did? Uh-huh. Damn, that's smart. I know. <laughs> that was smart. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020, huh, Blake? Well, dude, and look, you know, the lake break is one of those things that happens. We've seen it happen a couple times definitely here recently since everybody took a year off from fighting and are getting back at he it. He was now. saying he was injured previously. So whatever the fuck, he he kicked it and hurt it or something. Yeah, he 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 fractured it early and then it broke in half later. He was saying today he like injured it in training. Oh, before he fractured the fight. It in training, yeah. He oh. was wearing like an ankle brace. He's and, so like, full of shit, dude. He's yeah. so full of shit. Micro fractures in me leg, mate. So me? Yeah, he's from Australia, right? <laughs> uh, he's the thunder from down under, right? So the UFC has changed as of late. Like leg kicks have have become an integral part of every game plan it Dude, seems like now. yeah yeah and i think that's going to lend itself towards more broken legs yeah i mean definitely. it just is yeah, yeah. It's, it's bound to happen have you seen how they how they train their shins for this they yeah. like get like a you know like a bread roller like <sighs> that you have in the kitchen and they rake their shins like yeah, Steve. to kill all the nerve endings in your shin so you can't feel it which seems to work because they kick the shit out of each other until don't, their legs break. don't know their yeah. legs broken yeah Oh, that's so bad. There's a picture of McGregor, like, right as he's stepping on it, as he goes back. And I think he knows it's broken at that point. <laughs> Once yeah. it folds, it's at 90 degrees. He's like, oh, I think my leg's broken. His yeah. mouth opens within proportion to his leg breaking. Yeah, that moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when it broke. He so, knew it. So, I mean, the, so the leg breaks are one thing. You know, it happens. Honestly, I think, you know, it's, his career is kind of going the way of his karma right now. Because he was a stupid asshole for a long time. And he's going to have to go find Jesus like John Jones did or something. And not fight ever again. Uh, like John Jones. Yeah. But at the same time, before that, before the leg break happened, he was getting his ass whooped. I no, I, I, I don't agree with that narrative, actually. The I ground do. and pound. He didn't have any marks on his face, man. Dor- uh, Poirier had more marks on his face than Connor did. Dude, Poirier was getting after him the whole time. And then he broke his leg. He had those up elbows. Bah, bah, bah. He was fucking, he was on it, dude. Ground and pound. He was headbutting Poirier's fists. Yeah, and grabbing his gloves so he couldn't do anything. Did y'all see that shit too? Yeah. Dude, he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah. He yeah. was getting his ass kicked. And that's and that's the way I knew that fight was gonna go. Like Yeah, he would have gotten gassed in the second round after being on his back the whole first round, getting his ass beat. Going in, I was like the only way McGregor wins this fight is by like random random knockout while he's getting beat. Yeah. And something that we couldn't have known or talked about before the sh- the fights aired, right? They're like, oh, cause we have a whole midweek, go back and listen to it. You can hear uh, who we call and all, you know, who we pick and all that. Uh, dude, after the fights, McGregor was still talking shit, like yeah. mad yeah. shit. And it, it makes me believe that all the trash talk is legit. And I saw Poirier, I saw Poirier, like McGregor says something about his wife and everybody 
you could hear the crowd. Oh, like when he said something about his wife. Poirier wasn't tripping about his wife. He was like, the, I don't know. People shit talk. Like, that's the first thing that you say when you shit talk someone is, I fuck your wife, right? Yeah. But he, <laughs> right? Hell yeah, <laughs> dude. That's my go-to. <laughs> so, uh, McGregor was threatening to kill him, though. He was, like, pointing a gun at his yeah. head. And, like, he's, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. I'm going to kill your family. And Poirier was like, dude, you don't fucking, like, that's not, you don't do that. Yeah. They don't have guns in Australia. And... <laughs> And Poirier, uh, dude, Poirier was a class act. He was like, dude, I'm going to fight him again, whether it's in the ring or on the street. It doesn't matter. I'll beat his ass. Yeah. Uh, which he will. And he will. Yeah. He, he also, dude, Poirier's got the fucking, like, he's got his own hot sauce thing going. He's got, like, he's just got everything going for him. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, <laughs> I just want to root for Poirier. Like, I want to see him win the belt, you know? I do too. I do too. I think, I think he'll be good. And I, I've thought that for a while now. And, you know, like, he's 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 been in it for some time now. For lots of years, we've been watching Poirier fight. And he's been he's been to the top levels before. And then he's, you know, had to go back and find some humility and got beat up a little bit. And now he's, now he's been actually going at it hard and training, and it shows. It shows in his performances, for sure. So we saw a quintessential heel break, like, fight till he was broken. Yep. And now we've got a champion like primed and ready to fight for the belt. You yeah. know, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah. It, it makes me think though, it's kind of a tangent, you know, how common are leg breaks going to be now? You know, this is a kind of weird frequency. So I've always said that cause those leg breaks are gnarly and they make you yeah. cringe. Just watch it. Just watching the GIF on Reddit. You're mm. like, Oh, mm. like yeah. it hurts. Oof. And I, anytime someone that's not like familiar with the sport, sees something like that. I feel like it's bad for the sport. Yeah. So I always tell people like, this is not common. This doesn't happen. This happened like one other time when, when it ju- just happened to Weidman recently, I was like, how weird is it that Weidman was involved in like on both sides of it, on yeah. both sides of this. And it's only happened like three times ever in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Weidman mm-hmm. was there for two up like that. You know, I, I, you can't ignore the fact too, that everybody's just coming back. There was a lot of time for, even for fighters that was spent not training, you know, or not training to the, the, the competition level where they're doing live sparring and stuff. They might be at home hitting bags, but the world was shut down for like a fucking year, you know? And so now, of course, they're com- they're coming back, and people are going to get hurt. You know, that's just how it's going to go. And everybody's hungry. Like, most people didn't get to fly to Dubai to fight. You know, so they've been sitting here hemmed up in their own houses, and now they're hungry. They need they need the money, so they're going to go out and put on a performance. You know, at yeah. maximum level, and, and get hurt. That that one dude that got that. By the way, the card was awesome. The fights yeah. start to finish were were phenomenal. Even the early prelims were great. Saw some amazing like submissions in the early prelims, like that dude that was standing up and choked the dude out on the feet. Mm-hmm. But then that dude that fought Sean O'Malley, that green haired dude that they called it too early, you know, Munhino or it was a, it was a long name. Yeah, he had the green hair. So he got he got the bonus, and he like like when he found out he got the bonus, they like showed him like crying, and he was just talking about how it's life changing money for him, yeah. you know. And so of course he comes out and puts on that performance. He's hungry. Yeah. Like, literally hungry. <laughs> you guys have to admit, though, and everybody in the audience has to admit this, there's nothing like a Conor McGregor fight. There's a whole different energy when that guy's in the There's nobody else I can think of. I've been watching UFC for a while. Well, he's there's the- nobody else like him who can bring that energy. Khabib. Khabib brought it because people wanted to watch Khabib fight and win, right? 
Khabib doesn't sell a fight like Conor McGregor sold, sells a fight. And Jake, part Jake, of the reason that Khabib was, yeah, <laughs> Jake Paul, honestly, it's. Do you get just as, as excited about that as you do like a Conor McGregor fight, though? I think the world does. I think people do. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. not been into boxing as much since MMA has been a thing. You know, it's kind of like at some point in my life, I stopped watching wrestling and I started watching boxing. And then at some point from there, I started watching MMA. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not as in tune with the boxing, so I don't get as excited about those fights. But, yeah. like, he's a heel, and he makes you want to watch. If for nothing else, you want to watch him get his face beat in, you know? Dude, I would almost argue that heels sell more than, than champions, than fucking Superman, you know? Mm-hmm. Than Wonder Boy, right? Wonder Boy. Yeah, which I, guess is, the bad which I guess lends, you know, tribute to the argument that, uh, that Connors, you know, sells fights better than Khabib or is, brings a different energy. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So chat asks, and by the way, become a Patreon. You too can talk to us during the show, uh, suggest questions and stuff. Chat asked, do you think Conor McGregor is going to come back? Do you think he's out of his prime? Is oh, he going to be able to heal and, and be Conor McGregor again? <gasps> he's definitely out of his prime. And I don't know if he has any soul left to like pick himself up by the bootstraps and continue on down MMA. At the same time, he's still an entertainer. He's going to sell fights. I see him going the Jake Paul route. Yeah. He's gonna fight nobody's on weird fucking Yeah. He was so he was that. talking today. I watched this video when he got out of the hospital. He's got a titanium rod from like his knee all the way down to his ankle and his left leg now. So he Baseball was joking bad. he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a you know, a Terminator out there with his new titanium leg, <laughs> you know. Who knows, man? He might come back and can, try to Can the UFC let him kick people with a fucking titanium leg? They have to, right? That's wild. He won't have to worry about that one breaking. That's wild. What if you had titanium fucking like forearm bones, like tibia and fibia or whatever the fuck they're or called? Or fucking your elbow? What yeah. if you get your or elbow? titanium skull and jaw, dude. You're just like, fuck, uh, fuck dude, with me, dude. If your fuck bones were just like jacked full of adamantium. Dude, people are going <laughs> to, if that becomes a thing, if, if people that are that have titanium in their body is like an advantage, people will start breaking their bones. And I'm not saying they're going to like, all right, take a sledgehammer and break my fucking shit. They're not going to do that. But they're going to practice so hard that, like, that's the goal, is I'm going to break my shit, I'm going to go get it fixed, and I'm going to be better. Yeah. You know? Damn. That'd be wild. Yeah. I'm all for it. Dude, fuck it. Let's get some Dude, Terminators. Yeah, in some fight. Terminators. Hey, we, we already have Robot Wars. Now it's just going to be, like... And it's short-sighted. Like, the, dude, he's Connor is going to be fucked up when he's older. Like, yeah. he's going to be fucked up. His hands yeah. and, yeah, everything, man. All right, let's see what's in the box. He's already fucked up, dude. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. This is a good one. I mean, I think he just got out of the hospital. Bullet bourbon, frontier whiskey, age 10 years. Nice. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Isn't that boule? Isn't that an eye? Boule. We've been on a tribute to Kentucky lately, for sure. I don't know. Maybe it is boule. <laughs> well, I mean, outside <laughs> Fuck of it. We'll call Texas it boule. <laughs> I, put, I put boules in my, bullet, in my guns, you know? Boules are expensive nowadays. So, speaking of whiskey, have y'all seen that they're now making whiskey-free whiskey? What? Yep. How's that? Non-alcoholic whiskey. For those times that you want a whiskey, but you can't get housed. That was nice. I've always been a fan of the bullet bodies. Bullet Bullet bottles. Yeah. The bullet bottle bodies. So I'm a little bit confused here. Uh, Much like I would be confused if, you know, like in a beer, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, isn't that the point? You know? Right. But then there's also been times in my life where I drank in a beer. Right. But there's that's, never. But that's beer. Beer goes down one way. Whiskey goes down another way. I felt. I feel like the reason for whiskey is so you can get drunk, right? Yeah, I mean, I love whiskey, but like, if 
they had just like whiskey sodas at, at you know places to eat and it didn't like get me drunk and it just tasted like shit whiskey i wouldn't order it you know yeah you get dr I'd, pepper <laughs> i drink na wine if they had it really yeah i like the way it tastes gross so, i'd miss not the, the effects but mostly i don't like wine but i've had a couple of like wine and steak things that were decent together yeah. but it's like very very select few that were actually good so if you have a badass steak it red wine and a badass steak like just work right but so much so that i appreciate the taste and how they pair and i still don't like to drink wine like i would rather Cut a piece of steak and dip it in my wine. It, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to drink that shit. No, that shit's gross. Like, I don't drink the au jus. It just, it tastes good you on don't? my sandwich. Dude, you know? that shit's so good, man. <laughs> Bottoms up, baby. I like fat. It's so good. All right, let's try this. Cheers, guys. Tink. Tink, tink. That's a big oh, one. Yeah. That's good. Is that big one? So I did something the other day. Uh, I bought these big ass cow shanks. Where they take the bone and they cut it off, just like Conor McGregor is the exact that exact part, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. And then you cook it, and the, all it's about, like, there's no meat on the outside. All it's about is that marrow on the inside. Oh, you guys ever fuck with that? No, but I know what you're talking Ooh. about. Dude. I know what you're talking about, but no, I've never fucked with it, dude. There's a thing like I don't know, the size of a quarter. Yeah, it's just bone marrow. I think I've had something similar to this in like some fancy restaurants as part of a dish that looked way too small to be a meal. Yeah, they cut, they cross section the bone, just like Conor McGregor just broke his bone. That exact part, they cross section the the femur, so they got this big ass like medallion, and it's hard. It's rock hard when you start cooking it, and it just turns into like mush, right? Like jelly, jelly. It's meat jelly, is what it is. Oh man, it's fucking good. I bet, dude. I took some French bread and cut up French bread and smeared that on the top. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I bet it's so good for you, too. Oh, yeah. I bet, it, yeah. <laughs> I bet it would go great with a glass of whiskey-free whiskey. No. 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 Said nobody ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone says, you know, I love the taste of whiskey. I just hate that it gets me drunk. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> what? Said nobody ever. Right. <laughs> so... My culinary exploit, right, with the bone marrow. Tell me about yours, Chris. Uh, my most recent one, I went to dinner last night at the Olive Garden. Classy. All of Garden. The Olive Garden. They have it all there, right? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. couple takeaways from this. Uh, one, Italian food is like hard to fuck it up, right? Yeah. Like, it's just fucking good. Wait, yeah. I'm, hold on. I'm glad you said that. Dude, if you're going to get into cooking, Italian is like where you should start. Yeah, because dude, you can like you can boil macaroni noodles and pour ragu over it, and it's fucking Fuck good. Yeah. Now it just gets better from there. Like that's the baseline. That's where it <laughs> right. starts, and that's fucking good. <laughs> you can't do that with Mexican food, man. Yeah, that's like a tortilla and cheese, man. Dude, you try and make like if you tried to make tamales and you had no idea what you were doing, they're gonna suck. Like yeah, you're gonna be like, this is I don't want to eat this. Yeah. But you boil some it, straight up. You boil some spaghetti and pour ragu over the top. It's it's edible. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely hard to, to, to fuck up Italian food. That said, uh, the the red stuff could have been a little bit better. I did the tour of Italy, you know, so the the lasagna, the chicken alfredo, and the, uh, uh, what's the last one? Spaghetti? No, chicken parmesan. Ah. Hey, I got a joke. Okay. If it's not okay, we can cut it. You know why, you know why Italy is shaped like a boot? You can't fit all that shit in a sneaker. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you can take a shoey. Uh, Dude, Olive Garden is good. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. The breadstick's off the chain. 
and now they give you unlimited sauces with the breadsticks. I didn't even know this was a thing. Check this what? out. You can get a boat of Alfredo <laughs> sauce, and it's unlimited sauces. What? They'll keep filling it up. They have like a pump bottle they bring out. Yeah, that is the most American thing I've ever heard. And you dip the fucking... That's definitely not <laughs> Italian. You dip the crazy sauces. bread into the Alfredo sauce, and it's it's heaven, dude. It's delicious. It's it's terrible. I think, I think our table of six, eight, 30 fucking breadsticks... <laughs> Well, we took home five, so I think we ate twenty-five though. So a tour, a tour of Italy, like just that concept is silly to me. If <laughs> <laughs> all right, if Italy is the the pinnacle, okay, yeah. Clearly, somewhere down at the bottom, there's like a tour of Ethiopia. Yeah, you probably you, you, you know you're not really about that life. There's, there's like no food; you're just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is shit, but I'm gonna eat it because I'm hungry. And uh, I got AIDS. And and then there's somewhere in between, like like. Okay, this isn't this is a third world country, but they got good food. So I'm thinking like South America or something, right? Right. Where's the least like appealing app? Where's the least appetizing country that you want to take a tour of and eat before it's like, nah, this is not good. Well, I mean, like England, Alaska doesn't sound really. good. I don't know. England would be good. You can't diss England, man. I'm no, sure I they guess got some good stuff. Alaska would be. What good does England too. have? Fish and chips. Blah. That's good though. You could get a tour of that. I'm sure they have good shepherd's pie. Right, <laughs> some that- some lamb chops, maybe. All right, what about uh, what about Russia? Oh, dude, they have great wild boar <laughs> and vodka, <laughs> and vodka and potatoes. <laughs> and clearly, potatoes. <laughs> yeah. So you can have a nice pork dish with some potatoes on the side. Some or potato Ireland. vodka, <laughs> Ireland. Oh, no, there's good Irish food. They got potato there's pancakes. They got potato salad. They got potato pancakes. Soup. Potato yeah. pancakes are Polish. That's but, Polish, but you can still eat them in your tour to Italy because they are. Ireland, because they don't discriminate against other dishes from other countries, right? That wouldn't be nice. Yeah. Uh, Antarctica would be terrible. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You a did... tour of Antarctica, you're like, it's fucking ice, dude. We're Penguin, eating ice. Like, penguins are delicacy, man. <laughs> Penguin and polar bear. How are yeah. we going to cook it in this igloo? <laughs> What's another tour? What would be an entertaining tour of? Oh, man. I'm really trying to think hard about this Haiti? One. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you'd eat there. I don't know much about it. Dude, I'm honestly not, I'm not a huge, like, I've had some Indian food that was okay, but I am not a huge fan of Indian food. Dude, I I think Indian food is bomb.com. It's so good. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those. I've heard of people saying that, but. That's one of those things that, and I'm I'm with you. I haven't had any Indian food that I'm like, this is great. I'm going to eat this from now on. I've had (laughs) Indian food where I was like, this is like edible. Yeah. Yeah. A little spicy, and why is it orange, dude? And the colors, yeah. Sometimes the colors are a little bit off-putting, aren't they? Yeah. You're like, dude, this is green and orange. This is green and orange. This is looks like pudding, and it's lamb or something. <laughs> it's so good. Though. Why does the lamb look like pudding? You just put it on some naan, dude, and just slap it in your mouth. Naan's cool, but that's just like bread. So I, I started watching this this uh, thing recently, and it's. Basically, Zac Efron is going around the world to cool places and trying food and trying to push renewable energy or whatever the fuck he's doing. I've seen that. He's with that guy. Yeah, his spiritual counselor or whatever, dude. (laughs) That's like a total, like, pothead surfer guy. He's like, no, you shouldn't smoke that. Don't smoke that. You should smoke this, though. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, and they get the one of the first ones, they go to like uh, Iceland, which is all volcanoes and snow there. It's a pretty cool place, actually. Need shark fins, right? Yeah, but like, the, and there's like hot springs everywhere, so they cook food like in in the sand next to the next to like the 
fucking oh, lakes cool. and shit because it's just boiling. The sand's boiling. Like, if you stand on it, you'll burn your feet and shit. Yikes, dude. That's cool. Yeah, so they just, like, dig a hole and put fucking a thing of bread in there and then come back 24 hours later and they have bread. Dude, I want to try, like, you know when they bury the pig in the ground or in the sand? Yeah. I want to try that. So... I thought you're gonna cook it that. though, right? Here, after you put it in the ground. <laughs> yeah, later we'll dig it up and cook it. I thought, <laughs> I thought you did that. No, I did it on a smoker pit. I've done a whole uh, hog and fucking nailed it, by the way. Which is why I still say brisket is the hardest thing. We to were cook. gonna bury that one though, right? And we yeah, just we never just did. Didn't have like a fucking backhoe to <laughs> dig a giant asshole or carry the motherfucker. But uh, no, so here what they do is they dig a big ass hole and they put cinder blocks and shit. And then put the pig in there. You you get like some fucking expanded metal or whatever that grill material. Yeah. So that you can lift it out, right? You set that in the bottom. Uh, I see. So you throw the pig on that. You you lift it using like chains or, or wire or something. You lower it down in the hole, and then they drag a piece of corrugated metal over. It's the same concept. You're slow roasting a pig underground. Right. And you're using uh, what is it like thermal mass to to hold temperature and and get this pig up to where you want it. And dude, they're. They're crushing it. Like, they're doing bury a pig in the ground fucking luau-style pigs with, like, where you can cook multiple pigs, you know? You could have a, you could have one of these in your backyard. Damn. And that's what I'm talking about. That'd be sweet, dude. It'd be like having a pizza oven. And now, clearly specialized, like... Yeah. But... This is for cooking whole pigs. It, it would be cool. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that for? And you're like, oh, that's where I cook whole pigs. And dogs. What else do you cook in there? And you're like, hmm. <laughs> Any animal Just whole pigs. Whole, whole things. Yeah. Entire animals, plural yeah. of animals. Yeah, I don't know if that would be a good tour either. I watched them do the tour of that place, and like it's kind of cool just because it's a cool experience, but nothing looked like really. Oh, you're talking it's about like a tour, of, yeah, a tour of Blake's backyard, dude. How fucking there's some good shit back there. Yeah, yeah. How self righteous and self centered is like that concept of like you know what I'm gonna go around to other countries and like I'm gonna eat their food, tell them that it's good, and then tell them they need to like. Get build a wind turbine or something, or mm-hmm. build a solar panel. Like so, Iceland is completely self sufficient on thermal energy. They don't use any. They it's all thermal. Energy. And that's after Zach Efron went there and told them they need to. Fuck no, 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 no. So he fixed it. it? No, yeah. no. It was already. He's trying to tell the rest of the world that we should follow suit because we have fucking geothermal shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's ass. geothermal shit everywhere, dude. And there and Thanks, there's Zach. no there's a, like tiny population there too. So there's yeah. not like they have to create a shit ton of power. There's like they're like yeah we have also have a coal plant over here that generates power. Dude, nobody wants to move there. It's volcanoes and snow. Like you're either gonna yeah. burn to death or freeze to death. You're gonna boil your eggs in the sand. Like, There's like legions of incredibly smart people that are trying to that are trying to create uh, energy like enough to to fix everybody. Yeah, sorry. There's legions of intelligent people that are trying to create energy. And if you could create that where you could just give everyone energy and everyone's like, and you could sell that, that's the golden ticket, right? Like, so there's all these smart people all over the world, crazy smart scientists. And Zach Efron's like, guys, I figured it out. We just got to fucking do this geothermal shit like they're doing. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Zach Efron. He's I'm a, glad you figured it out. Dude, I'm glad that we can fucking follow your lead. He's a pioneer. He's conquering spaces that have not been conquered before. I don't know how we've made it this far without well, Zach Efron. Thank God he was on Disney before he did all this, mm-hmm. so we could find out about. He's it. He's not even doing anything on the show. He like barely fucking talks at all. He, he just, just kind of rides around in his town and goes to cool places and eats different. And shit. he acts weirded out by everything. So is that the show though? Is the show yeah. like watch Zac Efron eat food and be Zac Efron? Yeah. Watch this socially awkward Hollywood star and fucking different cultures. Hang out with to... his socially awkward spiritual guide. Yeah, <laughs> he's like I met him ten years ago on a date, but 
We weren't quite like that. Now he's my <laughs> spiritual guide. We need Anthony Bourdain back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he was the only one that did it well. The only one that did it well. Yeah. Zach Efron's trying, but it's a failed attempt. But he's going to some places. So I watched a little bit of it. We need a cook. Like, it should be a cook. It should be a chef that goes around and tries stuff. And Guy Fieri, talking, dude. I'm not talking like <laughs> Andrew Zimmern or Guy Fieri. Like, Why? Dude, Andrew Zimmern was straight up a whore. Like, he he would go to places, they paid him money, and he would eat nasty shit. And then everyone would be like, gross. And then he would go somewhere else. And it's so... But he's so cultured. When Anthony Bourdain and... and uh, Anthony Bourdain would eat nasty shit, too. Right. So Anthony Bourdain would go around and try new things because he was all a part of the... He was a part of the, like, the gonzo journalism culture. Right. Which is why you have the, the Stedman... Uh, what is it? Ralph Stedman ink splatter on Anthony Bourdain shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So uh, look up Ralph Stedman. You'll, you'll see what I mean. So he was a part of that gonzo culture journalism, which is uh, the idea of it is I'm going to become a part of this, right? And and the person that really pioneered this is, uh, what's his name? Hunter, S- Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Oh, so, I thought it was gonzo. Yeah, it was Gonzo. So Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> he did have the help of his lawyer. Hunter S. Thompson. Everyone knows. Everyone knows Fear and Loathing. But Hunter S. Thompson, way before he ever did Fear and Loathing, he became a Hell's Angel. Well, and he was he was a writer for the Rolling Stone. He was when he of, did he when was, he did Fear and Loathing. That's no, where he before, debuted Fear and Loathing. Before, well, yeah, but he had already been writing for Rolling Stone for a long time. That's how he got into a lot of that. Is but, he was already he was already doing it. But my point is, most people f- f- approach a journalistic endeavor from like. The outside looking in, like, hey, I'm going to report on this and I'm going to tell you what I find. He didn't do that. He was like, I'm going to go become a part, part of, of this it. culture. Yeah. And so people think that Hunter S. Thompson was like all about the drugs. And that's not how it happened. Hunter S. Thompson was like, I'm going to go become a part of the beaten it culture. And then I'm going to report on it once I'm a part of it. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Anthony Mordain took, took that and then applied it to food. So he was going to different places and trying different things. And there was one episode. I think he's, I think he's in Africa and they cooked, they cooked like, uh, intestine or something and they cooked it right in the fire like with ashes and and he ate it and then he thought he's talking about it and he's like look i ate this because this is their culture and i'm not going to disrespect them like they're they're eating everything that they can because that's all they have right this is not good and i'm not going to do this again right (laughs) and andrew zimmern on the other hand like so obviously he's going around eating uh bourdain that is goes going around eating bugs and all kinds of stuff too because he's trying to be a part of that that culture that he's that he's in andrew zimmern was like wearing a fucking america fuck yeah fishing shirt or something and eating stupid eating shit. stupid shit like hey here's a butthole and he's like okay yeah. and it, it wasn't about it wasn't about um culture it wasn't about food it was just about shock. watch andrew zimmern yeah it was shock yeah and it, it was really cool the way anthony bourdain started to trend down mm-hmm. that path where people were like hey check him out he eats gross shit sometimes and he was like all right look i'm done eating gross shit I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I'm not shitting on you if that's what you have to eat, but that's not that's not what this show's about. The show's about becoming like more cultured and, and cuisine. And then Andrew Zimmern just took off with like, I'm going to go everywhere and eat all the grossest shit, even if it's not food, even if nobody eat like nobody eats this. I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. They're yeah. like, here's a urinal cake, and he's like, yeah, I got this. It's just like Jeremiah Johnson, dude. Yeah. Remember just Jeremiah Johnson. Like <laughs> just like that, dude. Uh, honestly, Except- <laughs> I went back and read some of the early Hunter S. Thompson stuff, like the early articles when Rolling Stones was first becoming a thing. And good lord, he was a phenomenal writer. Yeah, like super good. Just just on like his little short pieces and everything was really, really, really good. You know, you gotta like reading to enjoy writing. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but. What if you can't read, but you're a writer? That's actually a thing. You know, uh, back in the biblical days, there were scribes. They knew how to, like, draw characters, but they didn't know what they meant. They were just really good at drawing the characters, so that's how they'd write the scriptures and stuff. But they couldn't read it or understand it. Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah, people can write and not read. That's weird. Yeah. I bet, yeah, I bet hieroglyphs weren't the same way. They're like, here, look, you're, here's this picture, you're going to draw this, and then you're mm-hmm. going to draw this, and you're going to draw this. And yeah. Like, they wrote it, they drew it on a piece of papyrus or whatever the fuck they use, and then there's just some guy with a hammer and chisel, like, chiseling that shit into the rock. Skilled labor, right? Yeah. They're not necessarily smart people. They don't understand everything about it, but they can perform the action, you know? They don't know how the welder works, but they can weld. You hey, know? but then their writing is timeless. Like, yeah. It's still around. And they create artwork out of it, you know? Lasts forever. Well, shit. Uh, do we want to talk about the lady duct taped on an airplane? <laughs> sure. I don't exactly know what's going on, but I saw it all over the internet. Everywhere. It was just fucking pictures of this lady duct taped on an airplane. And I feel like we touched on this recently about uh, more people are losing their shit and getting buck wild on airplanes. Yeah. Yep. So is this a, is this a airplanes have opened back up and now everyone's going crazy thing? Or is this a... More people are crazy now than ever thing? Or is this just the more people are flying now than ever thing? I think thing? it's both. Yeah. I think shit's crazy and people are crazy. Yeah, it's and not going to be up. any one thing. So the the what I did pick up from it was, I guess she tried to open the door. Now, wh- was she upset about something? What? Or was she just losing her shit? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Um, I do know that I've been on an airplane before and felt like I needed to... Be off the airplane? Be off the airplane. And, <laughs> like, I'm about to crush everybody and jump, make a jump for it. You know, what possesses you to be there? I feel like you should tell somebody if you're if you're coming onto the airplane and you're like, I don't know if I should be on an airplane. Yeah. What led up to this, Chris? Um, it's just a lot of travel, dude. A lot of travel, getting stuck in the back of a plane, having an awful flight, stuck on the tarmac like fucking an hour and a half after we landed. Oh, yeah. That shit sucks. Yeah. I, I'm, and I'm just on the back of the plane like I'm about to just run, <clears throat> like get my shit, run through anybody that tries to stop me and get the fuck off this plane. So yeah. I'm, pro- I'm projecting here for sure because I've never been here. But what I'm imagining is being stuck in traffic and you're just slamming your fist in the steering wheel. You're like, I'm fucking stuck. Yeah. You know? Except you can't get out. Yeah. At all. Or they'll fucking beat you up. Yeah. And you don't even have all the room and comforts of your car. You're, you're stuck like in between people and it sucks terribly bad. So it's a claustrophobia thing. Something like that. It's, it's a being stuck thing for sure. It's definitely you have less freedom on an airplane than you do in your own vehicle. You know? Yeah. I don't like people fucking with my freedoms, you know? Do you think there's, do you think there's some aspect of like maybe, uh, it's pure entitlement and ego is what it is. If you want to get down to like, are we having therapy time now and going to the root of it? Cause it's, it's do you think pure, people, I would bet that people self-medicate because they know that they have this anxiety already. And then if, if that works, then now they've medicated themselves into it and you don't notice it. Right. But if it doesn't work now, not only are they anxious about the situation, they're also on some kind of drugs or alcohol or whatever they self-medicated with. Yeah. Well, they're drunk and So bad. now we have a combination of, like, you're fucked up. You're crazy and, and you're on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good combo. <laughs> and you can't just, like, you know, gracefully step away. You're like, all right, well, I'm about to fucking, you know, try to open the door while we're flying. Yeah. I've definitely had it. I don't mind getting stuck in an airport, but don't. I don't like getting stuck in a plane. It fucking kills me. Yeah, I've been stuck on the tarmac twice, and both times were pretty, you know... Make you want to go crazy. Yep. That would be an interesting... What if you did a... It's a social experiment. What if you parked an airplane on the tarmac and you just wait? And you're like, 
Eventually, let's everybody in the airplane will we'll die. You're going to have fallout. Somebody's going to die. Yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. 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 You haven't experienced that before? It's like, People oh, are going to start God. throwing hands. It's People are going <laughs> to die, dude. And it's just because you're on an airplane. That's all. Why is that any different than being stuck in traffic? Because yeah. you can get out of your car and like take a piss and walk around and you don't have somebody sitting right next to you. It's okay to kill people if you're saving your own life. You know what I mean? But if you're sitting on the tarmac, you're not saving lives. You're just fucking you're stuck. freaking out. Dude, you're you stuck sit in there, something. You sit there long enough, then you need to save your own life. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Okay. So maybe you let people off, but you leave the fucking airplane there. Blake, I think, or Blake, I think oh. you need to do the uh, experiment. Yeah, we no, need to send you off on this. I'm one. talking like a reality TV show, right? Like <laughs> they don't know that they're a part of it, but they're waiting on the tarmac, and and one at a time, you let people off as they freak out, and like you, maybe you like wrestle them, and you're like, all right, we're ta- don't worry, people, everyone, chill out. Plane's still gonna go off, but we're gonna take this guy off the airplane. We're gonna take him to jail. Don't worry. And then they they're like, hey, you were on the TV show. Tell us what happened. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, dude, it's fucking wild in there. Yeah, dude, there'd be fucking murders. You think they would kill each other? Oh yeah. This is like that uh, in the seventies when they did the the prison experiment. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Tell us. Oh, dude, it's like I think it's like Harvard or, or it's some prestigious college. They took these people and they, they like drew straws or something, and they made some of them guards and some of them prisoners. And they he basically just like left them to their own devices. Hey, you guys are prisoners. You all have to wear these uniform like the same jumpsuits. Uh, you all are you know have to be in this room with the light off at this time. And like he set up the rules then he was like, Hey, you guys are guards. You know, you have to enforce the rules. Here's what the rules are. And like the guards slowly got shittier and shittier until it be like, he had to shut it down. He had to shut down the whole experiment because the guards were like, Hey, if you don't fucking listen, we're going to drag you in here and we're going to make you, you know, do this. You go stand in the corner and you, and like certain people got more and more hardcore. Like they were, you know, like the leader of the guards, and they're like, we're going to fuck you up if you don't fucking... And they they gain this sense of entitlement and this, sells, this sense of superiority just because of the position that they were put in, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like when you're in traffic. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's Harvard. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you did that same social experiment, or that that same level of social experiment, where you just put people on, a, on an airplane, on the tarmac, and one at a time, you take them out. You don't tell everyone else in the airplane that, hey, this is, like, we're not taking off. You keep telling them, we're going to take off, everything's cool. But leave them on there until it just fucking deteriorates. Until we get straight up like Lord of the Flies up in here. It'd be an entertaining entertaining show, for sure. Oh, it'll yeah. De- it'll deteriorate. People get the fuck off that plane. I think that's the point of it, though. Yeah. You want it to deteriorate. But what you don't want is for someone to start like, all right, I'm, I'm you know, I'm beating up everybody. Yeah, they need an air marshal. Oh, God. And then you tell one of them they're an air marshal. Yeah. And you give them that, like... That responsibility? Hey, you need to keep order on this plane. 198 people, one gun. Give them a bunch of blanks. <laughs> oh, that's where the experiment ends. Holy shit, we're making a TV show right now. Damn! So you, you give them a gun, and you put blanks in it. And you're like, look, like if shit really gets wild, you have to enforce this. See what I'm saying? It has to be a semi-auto, can't be a revolver. And then when he shoots the gun, it's like, all right, experiment's over. You just fucking tried to kill somebody. This shit's wild. Send him the SWAT team and, yeah. Oh, no. He he would be shamed forever, though. Like, his life is right. Oh, yeah. For sure. You're on TV, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You can't shoot people, stupid. What are you doing? (laughs) Crazy. We think we actually don't need to use this pistol. So, on the same line, I just read an article today that a cruise is going out for 132 nights. You're talking like almost half a year. 
The tickets are selling for $74,000 and they sold out in like fucking three hours. So the, the appeal, like that's what, that's what they're selling is, Hey, this is a long ass cruise. Yeah. 132 days. It's not like going to fucking do a tour of Italy or something. Yeah. It's not even like a five day, seven night, whatever. Not like a Tom cruise. No, I mean like it's not a destination cruise. It's a, we're fucking off for a long time. cruise. For a long time. It's everybody got sick in the middle of the ocean. We can't go back to port for 168 days. That's, that's smart. That's really smart because look, what's going to happen is everyone's <laughs> going to get sick and you're going to be stuck out in the ocean for yeah. however long. Mm-hmm. So you just market it as like, hey, we're going to go. Uh, it's a really long <laughs> fucking. We're going to sell it for 150 days or whatever the fuck. Then when you finally make it back on land, you can you can lobby for um, castaway stimulus money. Castaway? Yeah, because you were castaway on a boat for way too long. Now you, you need stimulus money because you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> castaways get stimulus money? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to. And if they don't, then... Because they're not going to have a job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, who are these people that are buying tickets to go fucking... For $75,000. That's a yearly salary right there. Dude, I feel a like... A good one. I feel like you... Yeah, you could do something way cooler than go out on a boat. Like own a house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I bet you could fly to space. What What is Elon Musk charging for? Oh, I think that's Bitcoin, so that's different. Impo- huh, impossible to know. It changes all the time, right? Who the fuck has $75,000? Yeah, that's like two Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. I need two Bitcoins. Yeah, me too. It blew my mind when I saw it. I just... My thought initially went to like, oh, they're going on a boat. They got internet, maybe. So they're going to like... Like, they're like, fuck it. My lease is up. I got money in the bank. I'm just going to fucking go work from this cruise ship for the next half year. That's an interesting concept. So I feel like uh, more and more people are working from home, right? Yeah. What if you could jump on a boat and go work from home from a boat? What if your boat is at home? Yeah. You get like free buffet dinner every night and like live music and water slides. They have a name for people like that. They call them digital nomads. And they just travel and stay places and work from wherever they can get. I've literally never heard of that before. And I have. That's cool. They they existed before COVID and... uh, then when COVID forced everybody to work from home, it's become a more I work with prevalent a, thing. I work with a lot of people that go on the road. Like in in back before COVID, some of them would stay on the road for like 180 something days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's one thing pounding the pavement and pressing skin. It's another thing like if you're just working from a computer. You know, like you could. It, uh, well, I, I guess what I'm talking about is like if you're going if you're doing sales, you have to drive to pl- certain places and meet certain people and and press palms, <clears throat> you know, like shake hands and fucking slapbacks and stuff. But if you're running a piece of software that goes on everybody's cell phone, it doesn't matter where you are. Right. So you could go to the fucking beach somewhere. Or yeah. Like you, Alaska. You or, could go live in fucking wherever that's really cheap and not fucked up. I knew people that did like conventions and stuff for for work, and they would they would chase the convention, so they would fly to somewhere. Kind of work from the computer, but also do a little bit of like in person shit at each location. But it was like on a global scale, so <laughs> and they would go from event to event to event to event. Like, and if you're back. making, if you're making, like, say in that 132 days, you were going to make seventy five thousand dollars anyway, right? Why not fucking be there and make the money? I knew and- a couple of them that gave up their houses and they didn't. They didn't stay in houses. They would travel and stay on the road long enough to when they were home. They would have enough like hotel points and miles and shit to fucking stay in hotels, like live in a hotel. <clears throat> That's wild. That's a weird life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, uh, people, do, uh, the lower income version of this, I feel like, is the van life thing. It's, it's the same concept though. 
Absolutely. You're just making more money to support that lifestyle. I've heard of the cell phone tower guys being like that. They just go from fucking tower to tower to tower to tower, like as the year is round. And there's guys in the oil field when they finish wells. Yeah, oil people are like that too. They finish off the well and just move on to the next one and the next one. They just travel all over doing that. So what's wild about the oil field people is they build whole cities. Like they build a city. Fucking, they build these houses just like. They're, yeah. they're like these tiny apartments Little that are just right next houses. to each other. Yeah, yep. next, next, next. And and they cram them in there, and they fucking tap that shit out, and then they all just disappear, and you have these ghost towns. Mm-hmm. South Dakota, Utah's like that. Texas, West Texas is like that, dude. They built, when I was in Vernal, they built tons of hotels for people to stay in, you know, because crews are coming from out of town. Hey, but all the fracking stops, the pipelines are shut down, so... Do you think do you think you could do van life? Oh, well, okay, something we haven't touched on with this with this lifestyle. Obviously, it's going to be difficult to like get married and have kids and stuff, raise a family. But you I can drag like, a girl along, but once you start having kids, you got to you got to root up. I feel like that uh people having kids is not as common as it used to be. Although, and I get it, it's still most people, but it's a, a smaller percentage. I do think. we yeah. we say that, but I know two different families that have uprooted and put their families in RVs in the last year. I wonder what that is. I wonder what's making people do that. It's it's trending that direction. It's people tra- like. trying to get uh, land, and so they'll they they'll like sell off their house and get an RV and buy some land that has nothing on it, and they go live out on their land until they can afford to homesteaders build, build a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now we're getting into the weird shit. You ready? Fucking go out into the go out into the desert of west texas and you buy a fucking atlas shelter and bury it in the ground and then start farming and raising goats and shit fighting indians all the time <laughs> and then you don't it's like jeremiah johnson it dude. is dude <laughs> exactly and then you fucking get off the grid completely you build what what is the, the earth ships right you build the earth ship so you don't even have to have power or plumbing or anything you still got your toilets you still got your tv you may not have internet unless you run internet out to the middle of the desert or but. elon musk is your neighbor yeah well elon musk is trying to put internet in the sky that's cool. Yeah. Man, isn't that funny? He's like a modern day Tesla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if only someone would have thought of that. Yeah, no. No, they, yeah, that's been, that was one of their initiatives like a year or two ago. They were trying to put internet all, they called it Skynet, or uh, did they call it Skynet? No, they couldn't have <laughs> called it Skynet. There's no way they could call it Skynet. Arnold showed up and yeah, it just didn't launch quite like they wanted it to. Yeah, if, if they called it, it was Skynet, a marketing people, problem, right? People would fuck that shit up. <laughs> it was up. a marketing problem. <laughs> Maybe we should send this one around the room, guys. <laughs> Skynet went live. What is it? August 6, 1996, I think. Something like that. Skynet went live. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Well. That's depressing. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, Skynet, we're fighting Terminators now. Sometimes you you fight Connor! All right, guys. So, Brits are looking to ease their conscience over their involvement in bloody drug wars overseas, and they're now being targeted by cynical dealers selling what they claim is ethically sourced cocaine. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> users have revealed a high demand for the so-called woke coke at posh dinner parties across the UK. Drug policy expert Neil Woods told the Daily Mirror, I've been shown ads for environmentally friendly sniff, but it's nothing but a very clever marketing ploy. He revealed that users were paying through the nose for the gimmick. Doo-doo-sh. Got it? You know, they have Got like it. green uh, investments, you know? I'm not surprised people are getting uh, ethically sourced drugs now. Dude. There's no way in fucking hell that they know that like that they know if this is ethically sourced or not. There's no it's way. organic. It's non-GMO cocaine, dude. <laughs> ain't got no chemicals in it. Is it gluten- Bill Gates ain't got his hands in it. Is it gluten free? Most of them are. You have to usually ask for that. I think it's all natural synthetic drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Dude, oh my god, man. Uh, I can't. What's tripping me out is that it's even... <clears throat> the, the, uh, yeah, maybe it's not taken on, like, tra- maybe it's not gaining traction, maybe it's just a fucking stupid article, but it blows my mind that it's even an article. Yeah. There's for sure gonna... Like, if ethically someone, sourced heroin? If like, someone was like, hey, this shit right here is ethically sourced cocaine, I would be like, you're a fucking liar. Like, you're lying to me right now. Or you're an asshole. Fuck you. I would rather you just not lie to me and sell me cocaine. You know, if, if I'm here to buy cocaine, I, like... What if I want that really greasy shit? So... That unethically sourced. <laughs> it's, can I get the good shit? No, that's Do like, I get it on a discount or do I pay a premium? We gotta figure this shit out. You know, when you when you go to Home Depot and you're like, I, I want some bug killer. And they're like, oh, this stuff right here is safe for animals and it's good for the environment. And you're like, nah, I want some like legit bug killer, though. I want the good shit. It's bad for the environment because it kills shit. <laughs> I want to have to board my dogs when I put this shit out. Yeah, it's going to kill everything. <laughs> Fucking scorched earth motherfucker. We're talking Agent Orange. Kill all my fire ants. Kill you know? your bugs. Fire the ants kill, are motherfucker. You kill your bugs, guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. He just brought back so many memories. Kill your bugs. He had bad teeth, and he was just, kill your bugs. Yeah. Kill your bugs. It was like him looking at the camera from different angles. I'm pretty ABC sure. pest control. Kill man. your bugs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they made like 40 movies about that guy being a serial killer. Yeah. Well, he clearly was. Look at him. That guy and the guy that picks up the roadkill, his job's to pick up the roadkill. That guy's always a serial killer, at least in all the movies. You think? Yeah. I've seen a bunch of movies about that. <laughs> Or maybe it's just that, like, serial killers like to pick up roadkill. Yeah. Well, whichever comes first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> thing is, is they're the same thing. <laughs> oh, I, dude, I'm still mind blown by that. Ethically sourced cocaine. So, apparently, Customs just recently busted uh, some unethically sourced fake eyelashes at the border. What if they were ethically sourced? Would that be a different story? Uh, yeah, sure, bring them on in. I mean, probably. I, I'm sure they let ethically... I mean, they have to, right? Because the girls have the fake eyelashes. Are they, like, ripping time. eyelashes out of women what in other countries? What about, about the story of... Oh, they catch him busting, right? They busted a bunch of fucking right. eyelashes. What trips me out is that e- anyone even fucking cares. Really? Yeah, dude, the fake eyelash thugs, I'm, you know, I can sleep better at night knowing they busted those guys. If I was the cop that busted that, and they're like, hey, this is the biggest bust of your life, I'd be like, like maybe keep my name Take your picture anonymous. with it. Take your picture with it. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, I don't really need my picture with it. Like, Get your like, eyelash dog out here who sniffed him out, and he can, he can sit in the picture with you. And the cop's like, like, guys, it's not that big a deal. Can we go look for some fucking ethically sourced cocaine, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop looking in the packages all that are coming in. We need to start focusing in on the, you know, where it's coming from the U.S. You know, that's not how it happened, though. You know that they were like, like, they got fucking, there's a bunch of good old boys that are like, we got them, boys. And they're slapping each other on the back, posing for pictures with yeah. a bunch of eyelashes. That That's good. Putting them on. I want to see that. They're wearing them. Instead of doing the drugs, they're putting on the They makeup. stack the eyelashes on a table and they all fucking. Yeah. Well, that's the picture in the story. <laughs> What a bunch of dickheads, dude. They don't even know that they're a joke. Yeah. It's just, you know. Pathetic, dude. I think if the cocaine's ethically sourced, they should let it in. Same with... And and I think I think they should stop letting in all the eyelashes. But officer, it's ethically sourced. Oh, do you have paperwork for that? Actually, I do. Here's all the ingredients and where it came from. Well, son, I'm going to let you off today since this is ethically sourced, uh... You make sure to keep your nose clean when you're driving around and, uh... So to speak? Yeah. <clears throat> See the nice nutrition stamp with all of the details on it? Yeah. Made in USA? 
you know that if we legal, like once we legalize weed, I feel like it's only a matter of time before we start to legalize everything else. Haven't we already even started in some states where I know legalizing like psilocybin and stuff has become uh, legal for people to like experiment with now because it wasn't for a while. It was like Oregon decriminalized everything in personal possession size. Yeah. So if we got to where we were, I guess the Netherlands, do the Netherlands have everything legal? Kind of same as Oregon. It's not technically legal, but if you have like personal amounts, then they, they, they don't take you to jail usually. So I wonder if there's shops yeah. or like the red light district or whatever, and you go there to buy cocaine or heroin or... I don't think you got it like that there. I think you still have to source it off the streets. But if you get caught with it, you don't go to jail is the deal. Now, they do... There, they do. They have legalized marijuana, so you can go in the shops and get weed and coffee and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but even marijuana has already become heavy. Like, oh look, this is this is where this comes from. This is what this tastes like. Like it's it's uh, it's trendy and designer almost now. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think you know uh, a lot of people who smoke. I don't think they want. They're worried that big tobacco is going to take this whole thing over and give us all cancer when it's something that in its pure form is totally fine for us. Yeah, it'll be unethically sourced at that point. But what about when they... it's using the pesticides and all the other shit that they put into it, the stuff to try and make it more powerful, adding chemicals, you know? What about when they make cocaine and heroin uh, readily available and marketable? And they're trying to market... Like, how do you market heroin, right? Oh, look, it's it's uh, non-GMO. A little but, stick will do the trick, huh? Like, what What do you... Oh, it's this is the this is the healthier heroin for you. This is... Uh, Does your back hurt? It would have to be... That's the only that's the only marketing angle, right? Is the ethically sourced. This yeah. is ethically sourced. This I don't is, know. This is easier to come off of when you have withdrawals. It's fucked up. It's still heroin, but... Yeah, you're not going to crash. You're not going to have to go to rehab after you use it. You can use it for a night and be fine. Yeah, but think about it. Every time you use it, you're like making sure that this guy has a job tomorrow. So it's the have the job tomorrow heroin. Sure. Yeah, eat. people got to eat, man. Yeah. You can work on this heroin. That's how you market it. All right, good. We figured that out. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right. For you, the listeners of Whiskey and Whiskers podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial uh, Give to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash whiskey and whiskers. That's audibletrial.com slash whiskey and whiskers to get your free audiobook. Guys, I've been reading. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop reading the fucking ad read. I've been listening to uh, Stormlight Archive. It's a book called The Way of Kings, and this is no bullshit. It's a book called The Way of Kings. It's like forty fucking hours long, and it is so goddamn good, dude. It's so good. Is it a fantasy book? And it's an yeah, it's fantasy. It's I guess high fantasy. Is that what you would call it? Not like dragons and shit, but think like dudes with swords and magic and stuff. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's. They call it the Cosmere. Like, there's this whole... Uh, there's more backstory than there is with, like, Marvel. Like, it's so fucking big. There's tons of books that all exist in the same universe, written by the same guy. Maybe not Marvel, but, like, uh, think like Lord of the Rings. It's mm. it's that level, right? Yeah, that and, complex. And, uh, dude, it's a really cool world where there's, like... There's these giant storms that come through and wipe everything out. But, but the money that they use are, like, these infused rocks that are infused with stormlight. They can only be picked up. They only get charged by leaving them out in these storms. And then there's people that can like use that stormlight to to like do stuff. Do yeah, to do magic or whatever. Uh, and then there's there's these sh- like shard plates and shard uh, blades that are a- it's old ancient technology. They don't know how to recreate it, so they only have like the ones that they have. And the only way to get the shard plate and the shard 
blade is by killing someone with shard blade or shard blade. And dude, it's just a badass story. Um, I'm really into it. I think I'm, I just bought the second book right now. I'm doing way of Kings. I think you can start anywhere in the whole Cosmere. I started at the like basic bitch entry level book, but I just got the second one. Oathbringer. Um, I love the characters. I'm invested fully and it's like my new favorite thing. (laughs) I've been, uh, to piggyback off you, I've been listening to a book called The Rise of the Comanche Moon, and it's about um, basically... It's a tech- historical book. Right? It's a historical book, yeah. It's it's essentially history of uh, you know Europeans colonizing Texas and their experience with the Comanches then. It's, it's really interesting. Starring Jeremiah Johnson? Yeah, he stars later in the in the in the story, but it's basically Jeremiah. It's it's just like Jeremiah Johnson. I mean, that's what I've talked it up to, but it's a great story. Great story. The best story. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not cultured like you guys, so I watch movies and listen to music. On Audible? <laughs> <laughs> On Audible. Yeah. Okay, good. That's my platform. So, yeah, you can go to our website, whiskeyandwhiskerspodcast.com. There's a link. You can click the fucking link for Audible, and it'll give you a free Audible three, 30-day trial membership or whatever, and a free audiobook. Nice. Yeah, it's worth it. Do it. Uh, so, this last weekend, I did a bunch of cooking. Bunch of cooking? Bunch of cooking? Cooking. And we just got done talking about cooking. How's that roll into cooking? <laughs> a bunch of cooking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So I was I was grilling. I got that. We talked about it last week. I'm not going to go into more more barbecue talk. Um, other than I did brisket. Right. This I'm going to transition here. I did brisket. Um, that was great. This weekend I did I grilled more. So I did like chicken and and some stuff like that. Uh, dude, my chicken fucking slaps my barbecue chicken. Nice. And what it what it. What really sets it off is I've been uh, brining it in pickle juice. And so where I'm at now is I'm running out of pickle juice. I literally bought a jar of pickles so that I could brine my chicken so that I could do my barbecue and dumped all the fucking pickle juice out. And it's like, well, we better eat these pickles now because they're going to go bad if we don't, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now where my brain is at, it's like, dude, I've got jars. I've got vinegar. I need to start fucking. Make your own pickle juice. Yeah. Yeah. So my next, my next endeavor is I need to start pickling some shit. And I don't know where exactly I want to start. But I know I like red onions. I know I like garlic. Dude, I want to pickle some shit. Uh, onions. Jalapenos. You do okra. Jalapenos. Yeah, they'll be spicy. Woo! I'm trying to think what else. Have you ever pickled anything? Uh, my wife has. She made homemade pickles a few times, and they were really good. So she made her own brine, and it took about three days for them to sit in the fridge. And they're good. She made, like, spears. Mm-hmm. Really good. And I've definitely uh, brined chicken before. <clears throat> And just with salt and water, not even as fancy with like the vinegar, like like pickle juice. And I know the brining, it makes a huge difference in the result, man. Well, see, what I'm imagining is like if I had a big-ass jar and I was making pickles in this big-ass jar, I could dump some of that off like to make my chicken or whatever mm-hmm. and then put more shit back in it and like keep it going. Yeah. Instead of going and buying more jars of pickles and dumping the juice out and throwing the shit away, you know? Yeah. It's not hard to make. You just got to heat it up and cool it down. Like if you mix in your salt with your water and stuff like that, like a salt brine. Have you ever had like pickled green beans? No, I've had jarred green beans, but not pickled. Or pickled eggs. Have you ever had pickled eggs? I've seen them. Never had them. The hard boiled ones, right? Yeah. Would you be, would you, would you try pickled eggs? Oh, hell yeah. I'll try everything. What? <laughs> pickle? He will we're, too. We're, we're, ta- we're talking about pickling. If you could pickle, what, what would you want to pickle if you could pickle something? Pickles. Are you not into pickles? <laughs> pickles. They're cucumbers, actually. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I like pickled cucumbers. You can also, uh, you start making your own, like, corned beef and stuff, too. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, brining chicken and pickle juice is good. You brine a brisket? No. No. Yeah, now you got corned beef. Yeah, but nah. It's kosher. I like to smoke it. No, I don't know. I think if we're going down the uh, like survivalist rabbit hole, I feel like pickling stuff is a cool way to be. Throw a bunch of shit. Dude, okay. Pemmican, bro. Pemmican? Pemmican. You know what pemmican is? It's like dried meat that's ground up into a powder. Yeah, and it's mixed with tallow. So like beef fat and berries and stuff. So you, you dry out the beef and you like smoke it and you make it into like a powder. And then you mix it with the tallow and your berries and you let it. What is tallow? Tallow is like beef fat that you render. So you know those big chunks of like white fat on a, like a ribeye? Yeah. How they render down and they kind of get that nice charred look and all the juice comes out of it. And the fat's really flowing from that area. That's tallow. You so collect it So is all. pemmican a paste or is it a powder? Uh, it's a paste that you, you, uh, you uh, dehumidify or you dry out. So it becomes like a hard brick. So it's like powdered beef jerky. It's almost like a brownie. So I'm talking about stuff that tastes good. This tastes good. Does it? Yeah. Have you had it? Yeah, I've had pemmican. Where did you have it? You can get it at the store. It comes in like a, a little full, pack. You can buy full. it online. They sell it online. Yeah. Hmm. It's good survival food if you're talking survival food. I was just talking more like sustainable. I don't know. I feel like it'd be cool. To, uh, oh, I went a little extreme. Sorry. It, yeah. So like if you were canning or jarring, canning, doing your own fucking shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like pickling is right in that line. Pemmican may be a little bit more involved than I'm willing to go. Yeah. Because I, w- I don't know. I would like to have something good. And I feel like if I had a big ass jar and I threw, I want to pickle all kinds of shit. Like I want to put fucking green beans. I want to put garlic. I want to put. I know a red onion would be good. Red onion. would be good. I'm trying to think what else would be good. Yeah, uh, candy the jalapenos. Artichokes, I guess. Sure. Why not? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Asparagus. That might be good. Oh, I have Brussels pickles. sprouts, Sorry. dude. I wonder if that would be good. Let me see your I think candy the jalapenos. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, going to last a long time, but they and sure the peppers fucking too. taste good. Yeah. Candy peppers are good. Sweet peppers and, and spicy peppers are both good. Yeah. You could always add sugar into it, too. You could do fruit. I don't think sugar lasts. Pickled fruit. Want some fruit? Yeah, we talked about that on the show the other... Or no, we talked about salting fucking cantaloupes. With pepper. With pepper. I still didn't do that. Salting with pepper. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I do it. I salt with pepper. Cheers. Tink. Guys, today we're drinking Bullet Bourbon, aged 10 years. Frontier whiskey. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. <clears throat> and there's no bullshit on the bottle. It just no. says what it is. And it's a in there. It's a bottle just for that too. Yeah, it's got its own fucking raised lettering and stuff. Yep, I've always it's got liked. a good pop. It's got a good taste. Do we want to? Do we want to rate it? Yeah, I just give it threes across the board. Uh, I, yeah, I would go. I don't know. It's pretty good. Sweet. Have you had it before, Blake? Well, yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Let's just run through it real quick. Sweetness mm. three. Yeah, yeah. It's it's high. You think it's high? I don't know. Two point five. Close. It's 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 average. Pleasant. It's average. Uh, crunch. Hmm. Dude, you're pretty, you're pretty fucking close. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I would say bites probably a little bit high. I would put that at a three. Uh, crunch is probably a two and a half. Bottle, I would go higher. I would three, go like three and a half. Three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. And drunkenness, three and a half, three, three. Yeah, yeah. and it's ninety one proof, so that's cool. That's working. <clears throat> so, what have you guys been getting into? I'm gonna start pickling some shit. Y'all see, man. All right, I want to get a boat. I want to talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. So, 
there's quite a few factors that are going into my decision-making process for buying this boat. Um, do you want a boat that's like, man, my fucking boat? Or do you want a boat that's like, I want a boat, bitch? I definitely don't want to, man, my boat. <laughs> but uh, that's that's where I'm coming into like my mental uh, conflicts. So part of the restrictions I'm looking at is I have to park it in my garage. So it's got to fit in my garage fully out. You know, it's got the outboard on it. I'm looking at a smaller boat. And the point of it is to go hunting and fishing with it. So I'm not looking for like a a wakeboard boat, you know, or a sailboat. I want like a, a tracker or, a, you know, a John boat, but a little bit more done, you know. Because you can get the basic bitch John boats and they have like the two seats in them full of, stump, of foam. And uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time trying to build something up, you know, like building a deck out on it and putting in storage and stuff like that and adding a bunch of weight to it. Why don't you keep it in storage in the first place? That way you don't have to keep it in your garage. I just don't want to pay for storage. Okay. That's um, fair. I, mean, I mean, I'm trying to keep it, uh, you know, fiscally responsible, you know. And I, I also don't have a truck. But this is a hunting boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've always said, and I grew up on the lake, dude. Like, I've been around every kind of boat. I, I got my boater's license when I was 13. Like, I'm a boat. I, I've been around boats. You're a boat motherfucker. I'm a boat motherfucker. Yeah. Uh I think outboards are always the way to be. And I get it that like you can get a bigger wake if you have a fucking inboard outboard. I get it. You can go it's, faster and go. It's also what are you trying to do fucking, with it though? Like, right. And if yeah. you're slalom skiing, maybe an inboard is the way to be if you're wakeboard and inboard outboard. But if you're just like kind of like all purpose, if you're not a professional fucking wakeboarder, if yeah. you're not a professional slalom skier, dude, you get a fucking outboard so that if something breaks, you can fix it. It's all right there on the outside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm in that weird position that I had an inboard outboard and shit broke and I fixed it. But. Until your lower unit cracks or something crazy like that. Even but, still. I mean, I did a lot of actually that the engine fucking went to shit and I yeah. But we fixed it. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot and of my, work. And my point is you, you get an outboard and it's it's a little bit more uh, user friendly. It's yeah. a little bit more reliable. There's a little bit like you're not you're not worried about the you know it, it's just easier to work on. It's easier to work on and fewer parts to fail. Yeah. Uh for a hunting boat, obviously it's gonna be an outboard, right? Right. Um, are you thinking something with a steering wheel or are you thinking something that you just steer from the back? <clears throat> so, and that's, the, the, so more complication. Um, so based on like storing it, I can get up to like a 16 foot boat in my garage with trailer and the outboard on it and everything. Um, with an outboard, that makes sense. So I can tell you from experience, I had a 19 foot ski boat that was an inboard outboard and I kept it in my garage for a lot of years. Yeah. I've, I've measured it out. They've got all the specs on. You have to go at a diagonal, but you can get a bigger boat in there. And then weighs my tow capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's okay. There's that wall I'm coming up against. So with the size of the boat being about 16 feet, looking at like a center console for it, which would be badass, you know, so you can steer. Right. Um, it would take up some room. I want that middle to kind of be like a, I can throw shit, decoys, dog can sit there. And I can have a, I can have maybe two or three seats, one next to me where I'd sit and steer. You definitely got to get a trolling motor though. Like if you're getting a, it'll a be up in the front. Yeah, it'll be good for fishing also. Yeah, yeah, up in the front. So there'll be like a deck up in the front, right? And then the the middle will be kind of open, so it's sat down lower. And so we're talking aluminum because they don't do fiberglass. Aluminum. Like what we're yeah, this about. is going to be an aluminum boat. Yep, fully aluminum. Dude, I like where your head's at. I mean, for for what it is that you're trying to do, this is going to work perfect. Yeah, you know, I want to be able to. Put put up a river and park somewhere and either fish or shoot some ducks, you know, or or get people out there on the lake doing. Have you something. given any thought to two stroke or four stroke? Four stroke for sure. 
I don't want to fuck with change, uh, the oil Mixing and all that shit, stuff. Yeah. Um, they make a 25 horsepower motor I'm looking at. And that's another cool thing I've been looking at. So there's different types of outboard motors. There's like the surface drive motors and there's the mud motors. Um, cause like with a traditional outboard, you know, it, your propellers, you know, a foot or six inches below the actual boat, the surface drive are, you know, right on the surface. They're not going to top out at the same speed, but if you go through shallow shit, you're not going to get stuck. And then the mud motor that comes into the size constraint. And I think it's a little ridiculous for out here, but that's the one that's got the big boom on it, you know, and the yeah. power sticks off real long. Yep. They're fucking badass, dude. They'll, they'll fucking rip through some shit, but. That's not really around here. Those are the ones you can, like, jump logs and stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. But they're fucking expensive. They're, like, $15,000 motors, you know? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. I feel like... I just need a Mercury outboard, you know? Four-stroke fucking... I want to get the power uh, move. I forget what they call it. There's Like, so you can power trim is what they call it, PT. Uh, are you th- Are you thinking, like, duck hunting on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to get, like, a... So they make really cool, like, uh, dog stands so the dog can get back on the boat, and, like, they make blinds for them and stuff. That's where I was going, was the blind. Ideally, the I'd be able to put a blind on it and just, hey, Rye sits here, me and whoever I bring out here with me, we're sitting here, and we're going to shoot some shit if it comes by. And you anchor it. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And we can get to different places. That's my whole thing, is, like, last year I walked everywhere, and it's really limiting when all you can do is walk places because if you can hop in a boat and cruise three miles in 10 minutes you know that's awesome get to a whole new spot well that spot sucked let's check out this spot you know there's just so much more room for opportunity with that and that's kind of where i'm thinking so much room for activities on the lake i like uh yeah i hope you get a boat i hope you get a boat so that i can go fishing with you yeah i'll go fishing with you if you got a boat yeah i'll take so this boat can take three guys on it so i'm i'm comfortable with that i don't know if we know that many motherfuckers yeah i know we got two right here, so. <laughs> We're at capacity. Two and all the beer, you know. That's how I'm thinking about it. No, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. Uh, Three and a dog. That's where we need to be. I got to get a hitch on my car. That's first step. And uh, I know my wife's going to hear this, but we're still we're still working through the details. So <laughs> she's got a date of like October, and I'm like, no, more like August, baby. I want that boat in August. So wish me luck in the good fight, but maybe we'll be cruising. And I'm cruising around on a boat. Camo yeah, boat. But you're not, I mean, it's so, okay. So it's going to be expensive. I'm doing air quotes. It's going to be expensive in that, like, I don't know. It's going to be a few thousand. It's going to be like buying a golf cart or a fucking, yep. you know. Yep. But it's not going to be expensive, like boat expensive. Or like a new car loan expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking, what? We're probably talking like less than 10 here. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. And and for, dude, for 10 or or just right below that. Dude, you can get a badass boat for to do what it is that you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's really encouraging about the whole thing. I just kind of have to stick within my parameters, you know. And honestly, you could probably get away with even like a $1,200 boat, you know, that could do the things that you're talking about. But then you're going to be dealing with like problems and fucking leaks, bullshit. And, and this doesn't work. And I don't like this about the boat. Well, the motor doesn't start when it's below fucking. Yeah. The, like, yeah. If the humidity is too high, it doesn't start. Or yeah. No, nah, you get a brand new fucking aluminum boat with an outboard an outboard motor, Mercury. I would go Honda. If you can go Honda, it's always the way to be. Oh, okay. Uh, 
dude, and it's going to do everything you want to do, and I'm going to go fishing with you. Hell yeah. Fucking jug lines and catch some big old catfish. Hell yeah. I'll get the live well put in it then. Oh, yeah. They've got all kinds of cool features, dude. Gun so, storage, rod storage. So fucking, go, going back to what you were talking about earlier, God, you, so don't, cool. you don't want to have to like do a bunch of shit to make it the boat that you want. Exactly. Exactly. So get a cheap boat and make it have everything that you want. Yep. You know? Yep. So I would get the live well for sure because you're gonna want to go. You're gonna want to go fishing. Yeah. No, definitely. That's what I want to do. And this isn't a boat that you're gonna take out past the jetties and fucking catch a Exa- marlin or no. something. This uh-huh. is a boat that we're gonna go like bass fishing. We're gonna go cat fishing. Yep. Go up the river, hit the Brazos or something. Tink. And we can also shoot some fucking ducks and. That's what I'm talking about. I want to get out on that lake and get around places. Walking in is a bitch, dude. It just takes so much time. It's a good 45 minutes to walk into where I well, walk Well, and in. with the investment that you've made on the dog, too. Also, update on that, I guess, for listeners. Have you been following Rye? He's a... Uh, I don't know if I said this last week on the show. He was having some issues with some uh, ringworms or something like that. No, hookworms in his uh, digest- digestive tract. Is that mosquitoes? Is that what gives you fucking... I think... So the way the trainers were explaining it to me, uh, he probably got it from the ground up there. Because it happened when they went to Minnesota. Shortly after they got there, several of the dogs in the kennel started getting sick. Minnesota has gnarly insects. They're, and they're surrounded they're, by water. Yeah. It's all like you're in the boundary waters is Minnesota. The whole point of where he's at is there's <clears throat> training ponds it's, everywhere. It's all water you know? and forest up there. Like heavy, heavy, thick forest. Yeah. He's doing good this week, though. I got a sweet picture of him with a duck in his mouth and an awesome video from his trainer of him swimming through the water with a... Homegrown mallard. What's in the, the what's the ETA? When's he coming home? So uh, Jack says they like coming back either first of September or mid September based oh, on the so weather. Yeah, I guess it's been really hot up there, and the whole point of him going to Minnesota and not being in Texas during the summer is to avoid the heat. I guess it's real hard on the labs when they're running and doing their thing, and it's really hot outside, so they try to avoid that and keep it cool. Does this place only do labs, or do they have all kinds of they might have had a few goldens historically, but they're strictly focused on. What about like Springer Spaniels and hunt, stuff? These are like hunt test retrieving dogs. Yeah, um, they're like Springer Spaniels are. That's they're for pheasant mostly, right? Yeah, that's that's. I guess this is more. Uh, are you familiar with hunt tests at all? They do. Uh, what is hunt test? Explain that. So, um, hunting dogs can go through different uh, testing to get different rankings essentially, based on their skill level. Um, The way I understand it, primarily with retrievers, there's the AKC AKC hunt test, the American Kennel Club hunt test, where there's, you know, strict guidelines on, based on the dog's level, how they're supposed to perform on land and water. So, um, Rye is supposed to come back hunt ready. So he would basically be prepared for a junior hunt test where he can make two marked retrieves in land and water. That means that if he sees the object fall, he can mark it and he can go get it and bring it back twice in a row with no issue. He'll be a junior level hunter. Does that mean he can mark two birds down mm-hmm. at the same time? Because that's pretty fucking legit, dude. Uh, so I, I trained one of my dogs back in the day, but he was only trained. He could only ever do one. He okay. would sit and chill. I could get one down. He would go and get it and bring it back. But if I shot two and like they were both down at the same time. He was so excited about the first one, he'd get lost in the second one and fucking run in circles until he found it. You know? Yeah. So um, I guess that would be next level to get maybe him out of that area. You know, I don't know. Um, where they can make blind retrieves, where that's retrieves they don't see that fall. 
And they have to understand the marked retrieves and how to do that before they can force to pile or force to a blind retrieve, which all that means is they didn't see it fall and they have to trust you that it's out there to go and get it. Yeah. And at that point, they have to understand hand signals and whistle signals. And that's all part of the building blocks to where he's getting right now is he's going to understand the whistle commands. So if he goes out, you can blow a whistle and he'll stop. Is there some training session for you as the owner? Yeah. So that's part of the deal. When he comes back in September, I'm going to have to spend probably a week with him out there. Yeah, but do you know, like, do you know how to blow the whistle to make him turn right or turn? And that's right? what I'm going to do when I go out there. He won't be uh, trained to that level. I'll be doing marked retrieves with them, and I okay. think, okay. but I'm still going to have to spend time with the trainer, training on how to command him and and be with him because it's there's so much to it. Body language, you know, like the so commands. My, so PD didn't he didn't know how to. Uh, follow commands when he was looking for a bird, but he would, it just naturally inherent, like it was part of his DNA. It was mm-hmm. so crazy to, to, to see happen, but he would do these circles. So he would like run in a circle around me and then he would run in a bigger circle around me and then he would run in a bigger circle around me. And I didn't teach him that. He just, he could mark one and go get it and bring it back. And then after that, he would start running in these concentric circles until he found what it was that you were Go, go get it. Go get it. Yeah. Now he, he could not follow commands at all when it was like, it's right over there. Go get it. Like, I know where it is. It's right there. You're pointing it. Dude. Yeah. He, he doesn't know. That's I'm the whole point of the blind. Like you all stupid. But well, that was the thing though, is as long I could keep him, he was so like, cause I bought him from a, from a breeder that did the, the hunting shit. Uh, but he was never trained except by me. So, uh, and I'm not a professional dog trainer by any means. Right. <laughs> me like, either. Yeah. Just for the record. But he, uh, he had, like I said, he had it in his DNA. So he always wanted to retrieve and, and it didn't matter if it was in the water or on the land. He wanted to go and get the thing and bring it back. Yeah. And I hunted with him enough doing, I was dove hunting though. I wouldn't duck hunting, but, uh, I hunted with him enough that he knew like, okay, I draw my shotgun and shoot. There's probably something out there to get. And he would watch the horizon. And when it hit the ground, he would, he would know. So I'd, all right, get him. And he'd run out there and get it and bring it back. But if I got two, that's what I'm saying. I, I he would get confused with it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't tell him. It's right there, Pete. Go left. You don't know left. It's fucking left. Yeah, he couldn't do that. Yeah, but he did have inherent in in his DNA. Also, the he hunt had those circles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was. I don't know. It was cool to watch. And if I'm excited to see if uh, I'm excited to see you like blow the whistle and be like. And he like turns left. Like, yeah, that's, that's the next level. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, next steps. Like actually two is the next level. If you can mark two and then go and retrieve two of them in, in order. In one go. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. And it, so it's a it's a fuzzy line on where he's going to be when he comes back. But I'm hoping he'll be able to do the marked retrieves, you know, that well. And a lot of it, too, is uh, steadiness. And that goes back into um, a lot of the obedience training. So Bry's been through a lot of obedience training, and that's his collar conditioning, where basically he knows you're the boss, you know, and he's going to respect what you have to say. That's the obedience. And and that plays into everything that's built upon, like the blind retrieves. So Mark retrieves, he sees it fall, he can go get it. Mark retrieves, it's the obedience comes in, he has to trust you and obey you to go out there and do what you're telling him to do. And when he's successful, you build that trust, you know. They call it, uh, God. They force the dogs out to a pile. It's called force the pile. So you take a whole pile of bumpers out there, and the dog watches you do it. And you tell the dog to go with a back command. It's the same command you tell him to use to retrieve, but it's next level. He's retrieving by his name now. So he sees the bird fall, and they say, Rye. And he'll shoot out there and get it and bring it back. Heel. You reach over with your right hand, grab the bird out of his mouth. Now, if he doesn't see it, 
he's still got to heal and respect your obedience command. But he knows there's something else out there because you spent time with him training him that when I say back, there's something out there. You run straight for it. And you line them up when they're healing with their spine pointed right at where you want them to go. And you give them the back command. And they just run straight. And they just run straight. Oh, that's cool. Now, if they go off course, you blow the whistle. And because you've trained them that if I say back and move my hand to the right and move my body, oh, the bumper's to the right. And you do that by giving them a T formation. So they know that they can run out to the top of the T and to the right, the, the bumpers are all out there. So they eventually learn these directional commands over time and they get better and better and better at it so they can do multiple marked and multiple blind retrieves and then they go to competition for it and that's where all these different levels come in where they you know is the does a dog honor other dogs on the line you know if he sees a bird fall is he going to run out there and not respect this dog's retrieve because he's not at that level if he can't do that yet he doesn't have the maturity yet um when they can be steady to the gun or to the line where you shoot the bird and it falls, but they're already trying to get away from you. That's not okay. Because yeah. there might be more birds coming in you want to shoot. You don't want to yep. shoot your dog when it's And you'll scare there. them away. That, yeah. So my undisciplined dog. And it's the I, obedience right there. Yeah. It's what's cool. I, and I'm sorry to keep talking about. No, like, it's cool, uh, man. It's like, cool. Uh, it's it's interesting to me to like hear the problems that I had with my dog being a like self-trained dog versus the what it is that they're training. You know, what, yeah. the, what they're training Rye to do. Yeah. Uh, PD, one of his biggest problems was as soon as I started shooting, he wanted to go get the bird and it was always a struggle. He would do it, but it was like a struggle. Like I'd have to consciously be like, no, stay, stay. Yeah. And, and he would sit and stay. But as soon as I was like, all right, get him. And then he would go out and get it, you know, and he'd get one. That was all. That was what he could do. Dude. When you watch the really good hunting dogs. The first thing is always, is always uh gun. Like if they're gun shy, I was always told if they're gun shy, it's not. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. PD didn't have like he just didn't have that. He got excited. He he like he'd start shaking if he heard if yeah. he shotgun. Yeah, yeah, like the Fourth of July memes. Yeah, I could pull my shotgun out and he's like, Yeah, it's go time. And that's what I want Rye to be like. And that's what's so cool about where he's at is because he's around it every day. Every day they're shooting live flyers out there. Every day he's around the gunshots. He's all he's all surrounded by it, you know? So it's it's dude, good. Dude, I have a dog that when I got it, she was trained to do tricks and stuff. Not to hunting trained, but like she could do tricks and stuff. And now I've had her a year and a half and all that's out the window. Now she's just fucking spoiled brat. Yeah, dogs are assholes, dude. I've got two. So I had Petey when I was single. I got Petey when I was like single Blake. And uh, I was hunting Dove a lot and I was training him for that. And that's all, that's the, the best he ever got. Uh, dude, both my dogs now are fucking, they don't do shit. Like, they fucking, I don't know, they chase their tail. They're sweet, they, though. <laughs> like, if I tell Piper to sit and I give her my hand, she's, she's super sweet. Dude. She's not crazy or anything. Yeah, but they don't, they don't do anything. Like, they don't, they don't have a job. They don't fucking, you know? Yeah, fucking freeloaders. Petey, I don't know. With Petey, it was like, hey, bro, we're going to go do this thing. And he's like, yeah, I like doing this thing with you. So, I, yeah, ne- my next dog's going to be a lab. It's got to be. Do it. Do it. If Rye has puppies, I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, you're not getting him fixed? Uh, undecided. We'll see how he is when he gets back, but I don't want to. I like my wolf dogs because they're independent and they don't need no man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And But that's that's part of the draw to them. Like, it's it's kind of cool. Like, to to get to a point where they do listen is, is, like, an absolute challenge. Yeah, they pretty much do whatever the fuck they want. They're dominant dogs, man. 
Yeah, know? that's what it is. They're mm-hmm. dominant dogs. They have really strong personalities, really strong. Uh, yeah. They're very assertive. They're not bad dogs at all. They're just dominant. Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's part of the draw. That's what you I see, like. That's what I like about them. Is it's a challenge to it's a challenge to to coexist with them sometimes. When a dog's tail curves like Chris's dogs do, when it makes like a C coming off their back, dominance, man. That's a dominant dog. Is that what that means? That's what that means. You see a dog running into a bunch of other dogs and his tail's all curled up. He's dominant. I wonder why. I wonder what that is. Body language, man. Dogs are so influenced by body language, and I think yeah. that's a lot of what I'm going to be learning out there. The just being assertive ca- and with my body language, the way they carry themselves, for sure. So at my work, uh, I work in a, I work in an office, but like we have a shop, you know, we have a big ass shop. And dude, I, I don't know. I'm a dog person. Like my guys bring dogs to work. Uh, well, there's also a guy in our office that is not a dog person, right? And he's like, dude, I don't like dogs. Cause every time I'm around dogs, they fucking bite me, and <laughs> Like, I happen, and he's weird because there's a dog, and then the dog's, the dog's weird, weird because he's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, this, I've never, and <laughs> by the way, there's never been a problem with this dog. Right. But, but like, it, it's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you walk out here and you're timid around the dog, the dog's going to be timid around you and be on, on edge because he's like, why the fuck is this guy being weird? Yeah, right? yeah. And then that's what's going to provoke the dog to, to nip because yeah. he's like, you're fucking weird. Why? Mine. I don't like it. Mine do the jumping thing. And if you're, if you're facing them and have the body language, they won't jump on you. But what everybody does initially, as soon as they look like they're about to jump up, they try to turn yeah. and put their back to it. And as soon as they turn, they get jumped on. Like that's, that's how that works. But if you just stay facing them and, and keep your body language and stay assertive, then they don't jump on you as dude, much. Dude, you turn your back to your dogs. You're getting fucking mauled by polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. You wanted to pull you around on the sled, but. It's so interesting. You know, I have two dogs and they're kind of, I don't know, they can be rambunctious, especially when, like when people show up, you know, and you see non-dog people show up and like the dogs run at them and they like turn away and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you're like, dude, like that's not, that's not the right, that's not work. how this works. It doesn't work like that. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. A buddy of mine came over with kids and he has a silver lab actually. And, uh, oh, cool. so pretty. Yeah. A, bi- a big one, like <laughs> a thick one, one of the thick ones. Hell yeah. And, uh, and he's got, he's got little girls and his, but his little girls have now been raised with a silver lab that's off the chain and will also maul you if you turn your back to it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so, but the girls know. So when they come over to my house, he's, he just like reasserts his girls and is like, no, you know how to deal with big dogs. Just don't turn your back to them. If they jump on you, just tell them no, you know, and put your hand out. Yeah. And, and it worked and there, his kids don't have problems with my dogs. Like. Just because they know how to be around big dogs. Dogs are cool, and it's 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 insane how much they can read into people and how much they can understand people. Like yeah. they may not understand our words, but you can you can communicate oh, with shit. dogs. They yeah. they pick up the language. Even they definitely mind mind pick up words. I can say certain words, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're doing cool shit." You know, like if I say if I say walkies, yep, then they're like. What? Run yeah. in circles, jump on the door. We're going on walkies. As soon as Rye picked up on walk, yeah, he was just like, oh, and I was like, you got it now, buddy. <laughs> I got the words down. Yeah. Mine do that shit for sure. So, guys, the uh, Whiskey and Whiskers website is up. It's whiskeyandwhiskerspodcast.com. From there, you can find links to all our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also hear our latest episodes on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. Dude, all of the places that you could listen, you can find us there. We're on the That's Not Canon Network. They have tons of great podcasts, whether you're into comedy, mystery, entertainment, doesn't really matter. 
go check it out. There's lots of good podcasts for even people that don't listen to podcasts like me. Uh, be sure uh, when you go to our website that you click on the links. You'll find a link there for Ducanon. You'll find one for Audible. You'll find one uh, that says Bad Motherfucker on it. Click on that one. That's our Patreon account. Donate to our website. Uh, it starts with just $1, and that gets you into our Discord server where you can chat with us while we're live. Uh, and uh, goes all the way up to a $1,000 pledge where you can be a real bad motherfucker. So we got new episodes every Monday, new content all the time. We'll see you next week. Bye.